0: Everyone, welcome once again We are doing another episode of How to Pakistan I have the great uh, Musharraf zaidi with me He's echoing a little Kanye today I hope there's a picture of uh, his sunglasses You know, that was one, that, that one Kanye That was Cruella <laughs> I know that was Cruella I'm just talking Did about you, your shades <laughs> Yeah, well, yeah. whatever Like, see, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, anyway, it makes sense uh, Ye, uh Kanye, four years ago he decided like this. This old school, he's
1: But uh, they made their way to you. Yes, uh, yes, uh, yes. He he threw away his uh, uh, his glass. You know you can't do this because I wear like these are. I actually take great pride in these glasses. Uh, the reason that that Fassi is going off on my glasses is that he's uh, he's a middle class kid from Char who's jealous. Of my style, <laughs> and uh, and of course, this uh, you know I'm having to wear uh, sunglasses because it's bright where we are because we're doing another ambiance episode of How to Pakistan today. Yes, and we're doing it at uh, what what Fussy Zaka has described as the heartbeat central of both revolution resistance. And change in Pakistan. Yes. Where are we? Explain to, to, to everyone where we are right now. So, we're in, in Kosar Market. <laughs> <laughs> this is where both the
0: establishment and the upper tea resistance come and they have uh, their coffees. They discuss, they feel happy, they go back, and nothing changes. i did result. you say they disgust? <laughs> Other people discuss. <laughs> they discuss. But, anyhow, today uh, we've got uh, a great guest. Somebody uh, we both deeply admire. He's a a great ambassador for Pakistan as well. He's got achievements that I think it's going to take a podcast
1: just to mention. Well, that's why we're doing this, right? Essentially, we're going to pay tribute to this man. Yes. Uh, He's one of my mentors uh, on on a really serious note. Uh, I think he's one of those people that makes room. And this has become increasingly an important theme for me you know, as I'm sort of, you know, going from what I, I think I thought of myself as young for an exceedingly long time, and, you know, my knees and my back have now sort of helped me uh, converge with reality, Um, and the more that I think about sort of age and and growing up and and becoming older, uh, also as a father, you know, I'm watching my kids grow, grow older as well, I think a lot about making room and 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 sh- you know creating space for younger people and among the very few people that really I think do that amazingly for probably hundreds of people uh is the name uh, professor dr adil najam uh, uh, professor najam dr najam adil uh, he's he's known by many different monikers uh but uh, but he um I first actually met him, uh, and he doesn't remember our first meeting, but it was the very, very late '90s uh, in Boston at uh, what I can't remember whether it was the Pakistan conference or the Millennium Conference for Pakistan. But or there' was an something- R Kelly concert no. <laughs> <laughs> No, Adil is Adil is more of a Kanye man. Right. So if it was 99, it would have been Jay Z. Okay. <laughs> but uh, no, I think it was uh, you know, and and we were talking about the future of Pakistan, and we ended up working together on part of that future and I'll let him explain more about that but just wanted to welcome you to How to Pakistan and thank you for taking the time uh, Adil to join us.
2: Thank you so much. Thank you so much for that that kind and wonderful and gracious uh, welcome and thank you for, I I don't know Kanye and I don't know (laughs) Coretta, what was that? Cruella Cruella. Okay. Cruella Cruella I know he, She was Martin Luther King's wife yes. No, 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 but, no but, but actually you should You'll will, be really I excited will. about this I will So uh,
1: Cruella uh, The reason we've opened We used to open with And we still Our theme song is actually Adil Omar, Who's a young rapper From Islamabad And yeah. you know who he is And he has actually I mean I love this kid Because he's It's just I mean his music is, is good You know It's fine It's great But his spirit And, and the way that he's brought other acts to Pakistan you know he's helped bring Diplo to Pakistan uh and he's also I think he's brought Cruella to Pakistan so the thing about Cruella is that they're like this big hit band EDM band uh that is made up of two sisters of Pakistani origin wow I did not know that now I will follow you must you must and so we opened with one of their songs last week and now we've just taken the liberty and opened with another one of them and I opened with the song because actually the lyrics are really appropriate because they're kind of saying, you know, I'll be there, right? And I think when I open with this idea, this theme of like making room, I'm talking about older folks making room and, and, and enhancing the space for younger you. people, and few people have done that better than Adil Najm.
2: Thank you for calling me older folks. Uh, <laughs> 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 no, but what I was going to say was I didn't know, I now I will, but I do know uh, Musharraf and I do know Fassi and I'm, I'm, I'm really happy to be with both of you because I've, I've been a fan of both for many different reasons for many different uh, times, including of this podcast and the energy and good humor you bring to it, so it's a pleasure. Thank
0: you so much. So Now, when we're talking about making room, Adil has just uh, led on a really massive report for the UNDP. It's about the youth of Pakistan and it's also actually urging essentially that more room needs to be made for the population, bulge of the youth to accommodate them, to accommodate their ambitions, to be able to find gainful employment for them to be able to find a meaningful life for them. So I thought we'd just open by allowing uh, you some space. How, how would you describe what's coming out? Wait,
1: you really, you're really you hopeful <laughs> that you and I can both be quiet for long enough to actually <laughs> let our guests speak. <laughs> <laughs> nee, please, please don't be quiet. Yeah. Uh, but it really is, uh,
2: and, and you know, opening up space is a good metaphor. I, I think this country needs to open that space for 65% of that country. Right? 65% of Pakistan is under the age of 30. And what this report started off as was trying to understand what it means to be young in Pakistan. But what it's really become is a plea to all of Pakistan policy, thought leaders to start taking the youth more seriously. It is not that we don't, right? If you're a politician, you know that's where where your, your audience is, your jalsa is. If you are a television person, you know they count. Likin, in some ways we need to put them at the center of the conversation, that this is not just about slogans. Uh, We are convinced, this report has convinced us that the future of Pakistan, good or bad, is going to be determined by those who today are between 15 and 29 years of age. That's what we define as you those who are today between 15 and 29 are going to... Is there
1: another basis for this or is this just you and and the team at the UNDP came up with this number or is it a global sort of standard? It's
2: nearly a global standard. There are various standards. I think the dominant standard is 15 to 25. Pakistan has usually had 15 to 29. Lots of others also have 15 to 29. Uh, South Africa chose up till 45. (laughs)
1: <laughs> but yeah. you know, go back to them. Uh, if, if I could, hey, I'm <laughs> moving to South Africa. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs>
0: if I could just ask one question quickly. One is that, so when you're talking about the youth and bringing them into the center of the conversation, so my question often is: is in some countries you can see the youth as a segment where their grievances yeah. are actually directed at a generation, a generation that holds power. And then when we talk about politicians and, you know, so they are reaching out to people. The question is, do they have it right that maybe there are other identity markers that cut away from youth, say, versus old? Uh, because these guys don't see themselves as a group.
2: I, I think you're, you're, you're right. now, And that is true also for every identity marker, right? Mm. There isn't one identity marker. And certainly, you know, Pakistan, you cannot have one identity mm. marker, right? You are from Jhaf mm. You are... Um, a, interested in this sort of music you are from this political party you are from this generation so there are multiple yeah. of those identity markers I do think youth is an important one mm-hmm. and I think if I understand your question right partly what is happening is when you are 65% and 65 is the 0 to 20, yeah. 30 right? yeah. but if you are you, you are already at the center so you don't see yourself as a side segment Right. in many ways go to any office go to the parliament put on the television and there are younger and younger faces everywhere. Yeah. In some ways, the segment that is becoming marginalized is the older one, Yeah. Be- just because of this demographic change. Yeah. So if you are young, I think you have other identity markers, but this is certainly one of them. If I could just add
0: just one quick, because I think you've said something really interesting. I'm just wondering, and this might just very quick, where the youth actually becomes and let's say an agitator in chief. Is it at a time when uh, they are not part of that
2: youth bulge? Right, 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 right. right. When they are moving out of it because yes. you know, that's the transition. New young people come and yes. Musharraf suddenly realizes I am not as young as our hip as I thought I was because my, my back <laughs> is giving me these signals. You know, that's what the back was made up for. But, but you're exactly right, that transition helps. But the other thing also happens in the agitation, if you will. When you agitate as a minor community, Yes. And when so called majority looks at you, okay, okay, there is also these youth and we need to do something. So, like about 60s that. America. So, right. so they, that's a different type of looking. It's not looking down, but it is we need to give them something. Right. When you are the major segment of society, you become a demand layer, right? Your demands become different. You are not a sideline story. Yeah. You suddenly realize I am the story.
1: Right. So, so is there a consciousness, uh, Adil? Uh, let me just drop a little bit of information, which you may or may not be aware of. What you've done in the National Human Development Report for the UNDP for this year for Pakistan, Fassi Zaka did for the yes. British yes. Council very, very, very about very, very. Yeah. six years ago. Yeah. If I'm not, yeah, yeah. Five, year, five years ago,
0: 2013 yeah. and. But you did the work
1: from 11 to. Yeah. Oh,
0: from, I, I, I always get the credit in these things. I have to say it's David Stevens
1: of New York University. Uh, I always have
0: quite to make go, sure. Wait, Gora? here. No,
1: no, no. So, so I, I, I mean, and you can ask all my Gora friends, yeah. and I'm saying this in English, because yeah. you know, some of them listed in. Yeah. You can, uh, Gora by the way, for those of you that don't <laughs> know, is it literally means uh, light skinned. Yeah. So I'm talking about sort of, you know, white folk, uh, that other oppressed majority uh, of the world, <laughs> but, uh, or minority of the world, if you will. Um, no, I think it's fine for you to take credit for but, for a foreigner's know, that work. <laughs> <laughs> but but, but that, that work was our
2: benchmark, right? And I'll, I'll tell you, it was a benchmark in multiple ways uh, because I spoke to it about with our team the British Council work that we did. One was that it was the benchmark that we checked our stuff with. You know, are we in the same line? Things should not change that much in that time. The other is the design was our benchmark, right? Because I remember that coming out, and I used to run a blog and we did a whole sort of page put you know, just doing these graphics, it was, I think one of the things that did and we are trying in some ways to do is, it looked young mm. right? and and it, it didn't feel like old people talking down to young people saying this is what you need to think of, mm. now ours is a more different sort of report but it comes from the same tradition, mm. okay we need to take youth seriously and if we do, there will be things that they will not like you're saying about them that they will not agree because this is a very large number of people it's not as if you, everyone who is young thinks the same
1: so so the question i wanted to ask was was kind of related to that and i brought in fassi's role because i really do think and i, I think i'm sure you'll agree uh, adil that in a sense fassi pioneered a certain way of talking about the youth that really is pioneer is the right word for it and and he's helped a lot of us uh, he's empowered and entooled us to, to have this conversation, I think, certainly myself, but many others I know. I guess for both of you, the one question that I have is whether there's a cognizant... Like, we realize that we're not talking about... So when we say make room, I mean, part of it is just, it's 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 actually like after the fact, right? I mean, yeah. they, they've already... Like, they own this place, yeah. right? They run this place. They don't know it. I don't think But I guess the question oh, is Did they, they know, they
2: know it. it? I think they know it Did
1: they know it when you wrote it? And when you did your surveys Back in '08 and, and 13? No, I think it came as a surprise in some ways Sometimes
0: To them or to you? To both in okay. some ways, right? Yeah. Uh, I think I, I mean, i let Adil speak My uh, The stuff that we did is now older And it's uh, No, but
1: it helps uh, set the yeah. I think in many I, ways I it sets you, the table There are two table. things that
0: I was struck by which So when you ask What didn't I know? The first thing was, we asked this one question, and that illustrated a massive... We asked this question is, where's your insecurity? Sometimes when you draft a question, you're looking for an answer. Sure. So it was, And
1: you were, of course, looking for the CTCR Yeah, answer. yeah, right? <laughs> <laughs> Terrorism,
0: we've got to save this country, yeah, yeah, yeah. and all that. And then one guy, he just said something. He was irritated by the question. He said, insecurity to me is not TTP, a bomb blast. It's me giving an exam and knowing that the guy next to me is the son of a civil servant and he'll get marks that I deserve. Insecurity to me is knowing that I'll go to an interview and the job's outcome is already pre-decided. And that, in a way... Where Where does that happen?
1: This, what part of the country? I
0: think it happened in KP somewhere. Actually. It always
1: has to be yeah. the KP was. Because yeah. the listeners don't know this yet, but <laughs> Adil is going to tell eight stories, yeah. and all eight of them <laughs> happened in KP. <laughs> and, and I'm just sick of you guys that have been intimidated into just <laughs> kowtowing <laughs> to the Pashtuns in this country, okay? Like yeah. other people have rights too.
2: Yeah. <laughs> <And> <laughs> it's a, but, but let me. Should let we disclaimer that? that? I, I'm not going to go the KP route. I, 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 I have very, very fond fond uh, affection for, for KP, but especially for Peshawar for my own reasons but uh, the two interesting things we found exactly the same things Mm. we found exactly the same thing but on your original question I don't know if it was that then or not today the youth know that they own this space they know that Imran Khan's Jalsa is going to succeed or not succeed on their back Mm. they know that uh, Maryam Nawaz is going to succeed or not succeed on their back so it is no longer, and that's that's the space that we are talking about. It is no longer that suddenly others have wizened up that this rela of young people is coming. These young people have figured out that and that changes the dynamic in that because they know that, they demand a certain type of difference. So you know this, uh, the music thing, yeah. uh, it is not just a, a, a sort of Shobdabazi anymore. Because there is an audience that demands it, it's it's one of those things. On the thing of security, we had a very similar question and we had very similar answers. If the answers were yeah, key, don't waste our time. We are not going to give you a slogan in response to a slogan question. Yeah. My my. Don't and, science.
1: And, don't soundbite us. Yeah.
2: Don't soundbite us if you want to listen to us. And 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 I think the, here's the interesting thing. I'm. I'm Digressing, but that's the nature of this, this podcast. Thanks very <laughs> much. <laughs> <laughs> a, a polite like, man's. Pe aake <laughs> it's a compliment. It's a compliment. It's a compliment. You see what we did it's there? It's <laughs> a compliment. But so this is not a KP story, right? This is a Fatma Jinnah University Pindi story. Mm. And we had the same yeah. question and similar question. Answer was uh, what what are you afraid of? Uh, And someone said, in this case, she said security, I thought security was, Hmm. uh, you know,
1: TTP bombs,
2: um, violence and so on and so forth. And as soon as I I suggested that, you know, she sort of bites back at me and says, no, no, you don't get it. Insecurity for me, in her case, was people staring at me Hmm. when I come from my home to college.
1: Yeah, People but we've had this. Yeah, but pindy. we've had this conversation about Pindy Boys, right? So, <laughs> <laughs>
2: who are going to be performing at the inauguration of this report on weddings? Yes.
1: <laughs> 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 now, now tell me about Pindy Boys. There <laughs> so there's a band called Pindy, pindy Boys. Oh yeah, I yeah. follow and them. Yeah, yeah. Do you? Yeah, yeah. Achcha, So they're performing at the yeah. at the launch so, of the Human yeah. Development Think about Report. It,
2: speaking of digestion, how how I hope this is cool. So we are we are launching a research report. Right, and how do you launch a research report on youth? We are doing it with the concert. Yeah, very so good. So we will also have a, you know the general speeches and yeah. stuff. But what we thought was, let's at least do something that if, makes if, that so sense. So today, uh, just to give some context,
0: we uh, attended a briefing by Dr. Adil Najam earlier.
1: wait, you, wait, wait, wait. You yeah. didn't have the Nihari, did you? No, I didn't. I, I saw you not having the Nihari and I thought he's going to think this is a briefing if he doesn't have the Nihari. Because, because I had the Nihari and there was no briefing, dude. Yeah. I was in a food coma the whole time. I just kept nodding my head. It was great. The yeah. Nihari was even better. Yeah, yeah. Briefing
2: with Nihari and launch with a concert. Yeah. <laughs> so, I, <laughs> that's the new political economy yeah. of
0: research. Nice. So, so I, nice. so, one of the things that really struck out to me and, you know, and I just a quick... Is it sometimes I do say is like you know where you've got um, you're on the side of women's rights, but I've also realized that I'm not a totally natural women's rights person because I some things don't occur to me. It's uh, w- whether it's my privilege as a male or whatever. But your details on employment for women and transportation, if you could just go through that, I think that was so phenomenal. I, I actually think that um, I think it's a slightly a tragedy that this has become. A part of a larger report. I think that
2: is
1: it's it is a campaign on
2: its oh, own. I, I would love, but, to.
1: but you need to open it up yeah. because yes. the listener needs to understand yeah. what fuss he's talking yeah. about. Yeah.
2: Yes, and I, I'm glad you brought it up uh, for many reasons because it was also my my big learning. Like, right? Really? I did it not understand the intensity yeah. of this, yeah. and also because I actually need to acknowledge uh, and I'm doing it with a smile, Musharraf here because yeah. part of it I learned from him. You know, yeah. when Musharraf started talking about toilets and schools. It took me a little minute to figure out what that really means, yeah. right? And one of the things we found, so what Fuzzy is talking about is, if you want more women in the workplace, and now I'm talking about the real workplace, mm. about at a shop, yeah, you go to other countries, even poor countries, and you see them selling things in the market, having shops, and you say, okay, why isn't this happening in Pakistan? And one of the things we found is the two most important things you can do is decent toilet facilities and decent transportation. Right. And as soon as that realization hits you, then you look around yourself and you find it everywhere. Yeah. So uh, one of the stories I told was uh, my learning some years ago of my favorite story about Pakistan, which is the Bhera Wali Ladki. Yeah. Right. And the Bhera Wali Ladki, when I was back in Pakistan, I was at Lums, and I would drive uh, with my family from Lahore to Pindi on the motorway. And in between, there's this place called Bhera. And in Bhera, we would stop for food and the kids would want Subway, and we go to the Subway shop. And there was this young, very smart, professional, confident woman, wearing a hijab, wearing a trouser, bossing over two or three other employees. She was clearly the manager. And my kids would have the sandwich and I would think, because I know the geography around that. So being the professional researcher, I went up and I said, Peta, where do you come from? And she said, you know, my village is about, you know, about 20 miles out of here. And so I smiled because by that time I had figured, and I said, "That means they've given you a changing room, a clean changing room where you can." Pick- McDonald's does that too. And she said, "Yes." And then she told me something else, which is more spectacular. She said that the deal was that the company had brought, bought for her brother, a motorcycle, and if he dropped and picked her up for three years continuously, the motorcycle will be his. And this idea that transportation is so important in empowerment. If you think between boys and girls, particularly middle and lower middle class, the big empowerment that comes from the ability to stand up and go out and get a drink of coffee or have to wait to ask someone, right? That is what real rights are about. So yes, everything else is real, but where it meets the road is things like that. Toilets are the other thing. You go to any market in Pakistan, and try to find a restroom that you are comfortable using. And then tell me that you want people, men or women, but especially women, to be there from eight in the morning till five in the evening. Change those hurdles and a lot of other things. So very
0: quickly, two things you said then also, if you could talk, why is the motorbike revolutionary? The cost it costs to the woman to get transport. Uh, if those two things 3.7 just...
2: times is what my colleagues tell me it takes on average the cost of a woman going to work versus a man. And when you look at all of Pakistan, what that means is if you're a man going to work, middle or lower, lower middle class, you probably have a motorcycle. The motorcycle revolution has made wonders. Hmm. You can sa- sit on this, grab a friend, go to work. If you're a woman now, what, what needs to happen? Hmm. Someone needs to either drop you. Hmm. Or you need to take a public transport system which has full of problems, full yeah. of problems of all sorts, which routes it will go to, how much the cost will. Mm-hmm. so change that 3.7 times yeah. and the dynamics suddenly changes what i mentioned this morning was and i have now come to believe is show me a place that employs a large number of women
0: mm-hmm. and
2: i will show you a place that probably has a transport scheme some some sort of a pick and drops yeah okay? because that is the necessity so what that means is and this is why one of the many things that are happening in pakistan i do think are great is this uh, you know i had you would never see women driving a motorcycle or a scooter mm-hmm. now you can occasionally see it. But that empowerment is actually gives, when you talk about freedom, you start talking about real freedom. The freedom is for me to be able to move from my house, to go to the marketplace, get a drink of juice when I want to and come back. Very quickly, if I could just add one quick, just
0: a very quick answer. So one of the things that we have been debating in Pakistan for at least four or five years is fundamentally, it's an elite question. It's two kinds of elites against one another one that is arguing for public transportation, which they see as white elephants, as kickback schemes, another which is arguing against it because, uh, you know, for it. But, you know, do you think that one of the solutions that we're looking at this vast number of people who can be employed, who can change the economy, that uh, not just, so motorcycles is one solution, and that's also almost a social constraint sure. issue also, sure. where women are not allowed to ride motorbikes. Uh, I mean, they're allowed, but they're not encouraged to. But the second is that would a robust public transport system also be the same. So
2: I'm, see, I began my life as an engineer and I, I still do some of that. This is not a political statement because right. unfortunately it becomes a political statement in Pakistan. This is not. Uh, my my my. Our children's Ramzan salary, Zakat, Sajjik, Kamandal. My Ramzan salary, Kamandal, Sajjik, Zakat, Sajjik. Our
0: little children. Thank
2: you, Mr. Mustas.
0: Thank you should continue. Yes, continue.
2: By by. Okay. My my, uh, point, my, my um, big thing on infrastructure is I think there are very few things that can be as good for this country as mass transport. Right. Now, I won't go into the debate of which is good mass transport and how much money do you need to spend yeah. it. But that gives people freedom. Yeah. And if you go around the world and you look at the rest of the world and you look at Pakistan, one of the things that is missing is you cannot find a city of the size of Karachi or Lahore or anywhere else in the world where there isn't a functioning uh, transport system. And if there isn't, you immediately feel that pain. Yeah. So I think one of the best things that can happen is, is transport. Right. In in whatever form. So,
1: so so, really sort of, and we can talk about it now because the budget was announced on Friday. Um, the finance minister, in a speech in the in the budget, I don't know if you've seen the clip. By the way, congratulations! I think that's a massive achievement. I also so,
2: think so, it's a massive achievement. So so, so, yeah.
1: so I'm really excited. So yeah. you already know about it. I was I just actually no, well just by way of telling yeah. you, I, yeah. I was so excited. So yeah. we we've, we've been as you mentioned you know we've been talking about toilets and we've been talking about a, a whole bunch of, we've been talking about primary versus middle with education. a very specific yeah uh, education with a very specific purpose at the core which is fundamentally you know actually pakistan has already cracked the primary school code there's still a lot of kids out of school at the primary level but in terms of what the future looks like and the rate of growth of enrollment primary which is 5 to 9 is essentially inshallah covered at the current pace, we'll be, we'll be at 99% enrollment. You're never at 100%, but 99 plus percent. Um, pretty pretty soon, uh, you know, reasonably soon. The big gap is actually, and the massive fall-off is from grade 5 to grade 6. Yeah, And two fundamental reasons for that. One is, well, the primary reason is that, A, you don't have as many middle schools as you do primary. In fact, it's, it's not even less than half. It's less than a fourth. And two you have less girls' middle schools than you have boys' middle schools. And the irony of that is that girls are less likely to be encouraged and allowed and feel safe getting from home to middle school if the middle school is further away. So the big thing that we've been trying to crack is, well, you need more middle schools for girls. But actually that's a huge infrastructure cost, right? And on the current enrollment numbers, making the case to a bureaucrat is actually really difficult. So we decided we'd go right to the top of the food chain and we'd try to convince the federal government to create a a special grant that would work with and through the provinces that would enable girls in middle school to get to school. So the government has agreed to do that, and in the thirtieth, uh, thirty lowest-ranked districts in terms of girls' middle school enrollment, they're going to start a transportation program that gets girls to school. Brilliant. Yeah. So, yeah, so it's I exactly in line. Can I just with add a story saying.
0: to this? Like about twenty years ago, when I was in the UK um, doing my masters, it was one of my professors. He died last year, Colin, Dr. Colin Brock, and he once did a Diffid project while. He was working at university in Pakistan and he said something to us in class. And at that time, I couldn't believe it because he was talking about Pakistan and I thought maybe I knew Pakistan. <laughs> we all think but, that. Yeah, we all think <laughs> that, right, and we don't. And what he said was that when we, they went into one of the areas developing, uh, looking at improving girls' schools, he started informally asking parents, why aren't you sending the kids to school? And they said, you know, it doesn't have a boundary wall. And we don't want our girls, right? And then he did something. He just did it as an experiment. They didn't have much money at the time. And they said, okay, why don't we lay a wall of three bricks high? A symbolic wall. And they brought the kids into school. Just the idea that there was a symbolic wall. Now, I don't think that would work everywhere, but it was interesting. I I just wanted to come back to you on another part of the report. One of the things that you were also talking about, and one of the things that we tend to fear about, you know, how is it that people who are invested in the country but are also disappointed because they don't have opportunity. You're talking about this sense of maybe an anger, maybe a dejection, What? and there's fairly a lot of work you've done around that. What's that so, about? So,
2: I mean, we have lots and lots and lots of numbers and when you look at the numbers and what the youth are feeling as you did with the British Council work. There are multiple stories. This is a large cohort. It's not everyone thinks the same. And and, and these are complex people. So, one of the parts of the story is 80% of them feel happy. Mm. 67, nearly 70% think uh, that…
1: Wait, sorry. 80% of them feel what? Happy. Inter- right. When the when in the, the choice is between the, happiness and
2: and being unhappy, The right. personal, just yeah, 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 yeah. state, right? That is fantastic. Because why fantastic. wouldn't you? I mean, if you have yeah. a tough life, you want to be happy and sure. say that. But even otherwise, sixty-seven percent say that they think uh, their lives are and will be better than their parents. Yeah. Right? On the same part, there is also the anger and the angst because their aspirations are higher. Right. They are expecting, demanding, better. Yes, right. And that is about being at the centre. So when you know these political parties think that youth are with me, I think they should be also very careful at understanding when the youth comes with you, they come with higher expectations. Right. This is uh, I'll, just to throw out a few more of those numbers. Only seven out of hundred young Pakistanis have access to a library. Right. Only six. Big sporting nation, okay? Yeah. Only 6 out of a 100 have any sort of access to a sports club. Right. You can be in school, but you may not have access to a sports club. Yeah. Right? Yes, some 50 some perc- uh, percent say they do some sport occasionally, but 40 some say young people that they do not participate in any physical activity or do so very infrequently. What I'm getting at is if you are young, what does it mean? Two out of a hundred say that they have ever had an opportunity to listen to live music. Hmm. Whether it is a concert, whether Wait, it is in your two out of a hundred. Two out of a hundred live music. Right? And if you think about it, it makes full sense. Right? But hmm. right? Now yeah. they may not be getting our question right, but what I'm getting is you need first of all you need to give young people the space to be young. They don't really it, it is wrong for a sixteen year old, seventeen year old to be thinking about the constitutional form kyogi and judiciary kya kar rahi hai, and what party each year. That will come with time. The first thing you owe to the young people of Pakistan is give them the space to be young. Can I come back to the transport please, thing please. and tell a story the different one from I told yes. earlier? This is also when I was at I was at the Lahore University of Management Sciences. And one day I so was So just
1: for the listeners, Adil was the vice chancellor of Lums between now let me see if my if my brain works correctly <laughs> still. Between, I'm gonna say between 2000 and... No, no,
2: no 11, and, 11 and 14.
1: 11 and 14? 11, 14.
2: Yeah. So c- coming back, I, I, thank you very much. I, I, I was had the great privilege of being there and having a position of responsibility. The story is more interesting. I was walking, I lived on campus, I was walking around. And I stumbled on behind an old building, one of the hostels, a bunch of rusting bicycles. So I asked the administration gentleman, someone gave us this money to put bicycles, I a good idea, People put bicycle, it's a good thing. So, the students ran it and then those students graduated and no one was caring for it, so they are just rusting here. I how was it done? They said, we put it in the boys' hostel and they would use it to go from the hostel to the class. I said, very good idea, why didn't you do this, please get these bikes, have a look at them, tell me how many of them are functioning bunch of them. So he came back a few days later, he said, He functional. And he said, Do this, go out, let's buy about 25 more. And I want you to paint them and do this nice colorful shed at the front gate. And put the bikes there. And there should be a person who will take care of them every day. And any lump student can come and give their card and take it for two hours. Mm. And if they take it for more than two hours, then ask them to give five rupees." He said So I said the what are you talking about?
1: And this is a private sector sort of space. This isn't But, but
2: there was this sense yeah, here this yeah, is yeah. something of value. Why yeah, would you yeah, give it a free Okay, we put it. Uh-huh. This was around this time in the year, right? The mausam, the uh-huh. weather was already warm, so I thought it wouldn't get uptake. And so there was a Form uh, register at the front gate, you yeah. just show your card. So, to, 10 days later, I go there and I ask the chowkidar, dar kya, ye bikes ka kya? Hai? Uh-huh. And he says, ye, top. And he ka, What's happening? So, he showed me the register. He says, These are the people who've taken it, and here is a list of cell numbers uh-huh. of people who are waiting ke, as soon as one comes back, uh-huh. they will get it. Amazing. And, so, I said, Kesha, what's happening? And two uh-huh. interesting things were happening. This goes go back to the report. One was, some, mostly boys were using it to pick up the bike, go to the nearby market, not uh-huh. to class because the campus is nice and very walkable. Chip-chips right. right. Ha. Uh-huh. Which earlier on a rickshaw would cost you about 250. Right. Right. The other thing was even more interesting, girls were picking up the bike to learn how to bike because suddenly it turns out that there were lots of these injuries falling off.
0: Uh-huh.
2: And I suddenly realized that we weren't teaching young people. Yeah to pedal on a two-wheeler yeah. and they were having this fun time of their life in a safe environment. Huh.
0: Right?
2: Now, this has got nothing to do with culture, riding yeah. a bike, riding a motorcycle, this is not about religion, this is not about culture, it is a youthful act of freedom, Yeah. Right? it is a skill. So my point is that putting bikes everywhere is not going to solve Pakistan's problems, yeah. but allowing young people to be young yeah. in whatever way they want to be. Yeah.
0: Is a step forward and a positive. Yeah, uh, this is one of my sort of uh, just when he, allowing people to be young, right? So I I used to, I, I was once working at a place I had a colleague, young colleague, 21, 23. He finally got a scholarship to Sweden. And then he says, I need to come and see you. So I said, okay, come to my place. So then he came and I thought he was going to ask me, I was going to Explain ये क्या होगा अगर किसी ने मुझे ये offer offer So I said what's the scene? He says I am very worried that I इनको एक बालियात पे convince करूँ? <laughs> <Right? laughs> I said what? I am going to go and I have to you know ये, ये function I said dude you are going to become a weapon of mass destruction of boredom over there ठीक है ना पहले दोस्ती बनाओ ठीक है ना र- relax your the responsibility न, of ideology yeah, is unfair you to yourself. If you hadn't
1: told me that, you know, uh-huh. I would have wasted my time at, at university in Sweden. <laughs> so, thank you for that <laughs> <laughs> but, but The point
2: here is an important one. Uh-huh. Right? I mean, one of the things we found and I think you also found very high level of national pride. Yes. Right? Very whether, and it's is, acid. Huh. whether it uh. is an asset, whether it is there is anger or not, whether the corruption, you know, they talk about all these things in angry ways as young people should. Mm. But there is a great pride. Jitna uh. Pakistani young Adni jhanda pe jhanda do lega. So Adil, do you mind if I ask you? Do
1: you mind if I ask? Was that across the board? Did you find across that in all the provinces? Because I know you went to FATA and GB and AJ. Like you really tried to be very inclusive geographically. So this pride in the nation thing.
2: I, I think in pride in Pakistan is very universal. We actually had a question that we didn't talk about earlier. We had a question about what do you consider to be your primary identity? Yeah. And we thought actually we would have a very high number on religion. There was high and it varied by region. But across the board the highest was Pakistan. Yeah. And then it was religion, and then it was your. And people can keep multiple identities. Like very cheesy that we have a binary. To be, have a high sense of Pakistaniness, or Pakistaniyat as I used to say it when I ran a blog, uh, does well, it's, not it's mean. A, it's a
1: word now. I use it <laughs> regularly. He, yeah. I mean, it's. I, 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 I just want to. Like, I if smile if every time
0: I see it. This is the problem also, right? It is across the board, those are Terra maybe. And you've got people at the center who suspect anyone on the periphery. Those guys are also invested. Now, when you look at this current movement also, they're still invested. And, and you
2: opposite. Hai. To have strong sense of Pakistani identity yeah. and have very strong negative feelings about government. Huh. At the same time, there is no contradiction. Or yeah. to have a strong
1: right? sense of uh, sub so-called sub-identity, yeah, exactly. like, huh. like for example, I am a Pakhtoon yeah. and I feel very proud of Bacha Khan yeah. and I think that my culture, Pakhtoon Wali and these things are amazing and I happen to be a Pakistani, yeah. that that is not something to be fearful so of, this is what these, something to embrace. Exactly, this
0: is what these surveys are showing. These surveys are showing that you've got all these people who are invested in the country and you've got a small minority saying, it's got to be so exclusionary, it's got to be so we're going to have to judge a, what, what Benjamin, your belief templates
2: Benjamin are. Benjamin Franklin was right, be, be very afraid, very, very afraid of those who consider themselves to be patriots and be more afraid of those who are forever finding unpatriotic behaviour in others. Yeah. Right? I mean, he understood it at the time of the American Revolution and what I mean by that yeah. is that contradiction is our strength. When, yes. when someone is angry at the state, yeah. they are He's not an angry idiot. because uh, they are anti-Pakistani, yeah. they are angry because they, can't they can't want show, to they own, own it. Right.
1: <laughs> <laughs> uh, ladies and gentlemen, we have just been joined by, uh, by famous uh, journalist a brilliant journalist Asad Hashim who was walking by and asked the question why don't you ask it in English because the podcast is in English
2: oh good god
1: yeah.
2: um, all I asked was also that's a very loo- using a very loose definition of the words both brilliant and famous <laughs> yes. uh, all I asked
1: was do you guys do any work actual work well, sit around coffee is, shops yeah, is,
2: I don't is, know how a
1: journalist can get away with asking no, this no. question and, also, <laughs> a, and, and, and a journalist of Asad Hashim's, <laughs> Hashim's I know his daily schedule <laughs> yeah. but we'll talk more about it when we invite him to the podcast. Uh, Get lost, buddy. <laughs> <laughs> Alright, see you.
2: So, so, I think we have to embrace the multiple identities and the anger and pride are not opposite. It is yeah. not as if, I'm about to really make this point. it is yeah. not as if there is one type of Pakistani youth who's angry and there's another type of Pakistani youth who's patriotic. Mm. It is not like that. Right. There is a lot of Pakistani youth who are angry because they want more. They think we deserve more. They think yeah. after 70 years we could be You know, it's like, I I know this stuff you might like, maybe, maybe I'm... I'm There's a quick question
0: is, why is it a country like Pakistan that does not have the equivalent of a Bangalore think in binaries so often? (laughs)
2: But let me tell you, Marlon Brando. (laughs) 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 You you throw bouncers. But there's a Marlon Brando uh, movie now. This is so dated, most of your listeners might not even remember. It's called On the Waterfront. On the waterfront there is this famous scene, Marlon Brando is a boxer and his brother sets him up to uh, actually lose so that he can get more money. Mm. And he's fighting this, having this fight with his brother at the back of his cap, cap. And the brother says, I made you, I made you more rich because I set up these fights that you could lose but you were paid for. Yeah. And Marlon Brando said, you know, I could have been something. Mm. This, he just says it's mud But he, sense, day, yeah. he says, I, I could have been something. No. That is what your young people are saying. They, so when, when this anger comes, I don't think it is a problem. Right. I think it is a call to use us. Give us the ability to be better. Now, in the report, we say essentially there are three and three only investments, or not three only, three most important investments you can make in young people. Quality education, not just education, quality education. Musharraf knows more about this than just what anyone else. Meaningful engagement, that the voices of the young are heard in their fur and uh, employment, right? jobs that give dignity. Those three things you create and then you let the forces of the young be free. And some of them will do interesting things, some of them won't. But they, those are the essentials for them to be able to use what is their endowment. If I could
0: just ask Musharraf to ask a question. The question you asked in the briefing on employment and the distinction that you made on how it tends to be misunderstood in sort of like
1: a policy context or even a political context. If you could talk about that and… Sure. I mean, I, you know, while we were talking about this earlier today, the a lot of times the discussion in Pakistan around jobs… Ends up being interpreted in the political discourse as a discussion about government jobs. And I think our political discourse hasn't evolved to the point where job creation and the expansion of the economy, with jobs being the principal uh, uh, sort of raison, the, the principal driver of uh, the principal reason why you want economic growth, right yeah. like like I think that i 'm rethinking the question and the yeah. discussion while i 'm while i 'm framing the question, right because in a sense, we talk about growth only in GDP terms, and it makes me wonder what the hell have we been thinking because how the hell does like a young person care whether we grew at five point two percent or five point eight percent? I mean maybe a young person is smart enough that, certainly they are smart enough to know that five point eight is better than five point two but what does five point eight or five point two mean? Means it nothing means nothing to, to them yeah. unless they see that there's ten million new jobs that are being promised by the next government over five years with one million in the first year, one point five in the second, and then you know concur you know Growth in, yeah. in in job growth, right? So,
2: yeah, we have exactly that that philosophy in the report. So we calculate Pakistan needs between 1.2 to 1.5 million new jobs, right? New jobs created every year over the next 25 years. We think that that's not difficult. The difficult part is creating good jobs, go, jobs that give you dignity, right? Yeah, job when someone asks you, someone meets you for the first time, one of the first questions they ask you, karte mm.
1: What do you do? It yeah. is
2: an essential defining factor of who you are, your worth to yourself, to people around you. Depends but also on identity. You, right? It's so identity, funny yeah. that we love
1: talking about religion and language and nationality as identity. Yeah. But the principal identity for 99% of people that live beyond the Good age job. of 25 is what they do from, from 9 to 5 or what they do for a living. So yeah.
2: policy-wise, we argue that amongst the best things government can do or policy influences like you can do is... That we create a conversation where every time someone talks about a development project, you ask, "How many jobs will that create? What employment will that create?" Right. It's so because if you're going to do 1.2 million, it's not going to come from Sarkari jobs. Yeah. It has to come from factories being set up. And know, it won't
1: come from NGOs or activism right. or anything. I mean, ultimately, you are going to have to create value. Yeah. And you know. Value in the economy.
2: And that is what... what, so, So, you know, in other countries, when politicians talk about their achievement, they say, I brought so many jobs to my constituency. And how do they do it? They bring in a major industry major export whatever so I think that politics Pakistan is ripe for ready for people will uh, interact with That's something musharraf said spurred something if I can be professorial for a minute so you know it's called the human development report so I often start with saying catch what is human development so I love the thing partly because it's a very Pakistani thing right, right. Uh, dr mebur Haq invented the concept and he essentially got the Nobel award it was given to Amartya essentially because Dr. Saab had died that year and the mm-hmm. award cannot be given posthumously. but in the statement they mentioned it so what is human development right so his idea and I had the pleasure of working with him was beautiful and wonderful he used to say yeah, he used to say at least I said human development is the answer to the question how are you when you ask someone how are you They don't tell you what GDP it is. Mm. They don't tell you what the Gini coefficient was. Think about, go around, ask people, how are you? And I bet you they'll answer in three different ways. They'll tell you about health, about wealth, and about knowledge. My back hurts. My my wife had to go to hospital. My daughter got a job. Mm. My, 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 My son read a great book. I saw a great movie. Take all those answers and it turns into these three things, health, wealth, knowledge. And human development is the summation of those two things, which says if you are interested in finding out how people are doing, take these three things and add them and that will tell you what society is doing.
1: That one mini-paragraph yeah. could reform all of international aid and development spending in Pakistan. Yeah. in in like, And all over the world. That one paragraph. Because... How much of development is pursuing so much other than yeah. getting a better answer to the question How yeah. you doing? I just want to ask another question and
0: this is restating I think 2-3 questions that were asked from you in the briefing but I thought it was interesting Talat Hussain asked these questions and the question that he asked which I, I thought was interesting because that's what comes up when you read these surveys his question was why isn't the media having an outsized effect right saying why isn't the dominant discourse of the media of the past year and a half so let's say corruption or something else why aren't these things coming out and so so we see it like from an urban centric point of view we say oh my god we're hyper informed we're hyper animated and we are all very angry and then your results are showing you know it's so what is this contradiction? Is yep. it that we're seeing a outsized echo chamber that only we are maybe
2: it's more not, hyper-connected uh, it's to? It's not what is as it? much of a contradiction but it is interesting because it's yeah. not that we didn't ask. Right. right? We didn't do those, those answers. So by context, we calculate that we heard in various ways about 130,000 people. Eek laag that's a large number. 1,700 of them face-to-face in, in focus groups then in surveys and so on so on one of the interesting things that happened is the conversation very quickly became about very personal things. so the things you hear between 8 and 10 or 11 on the media is not what they talked about yeah it wasn't about the system of government and it was about very personal things my job my education uh, my employment uh, my life my transport my toilet yeah and that is what you should now, is that a contradiction? Does that mean the media is off? I've thought about that and I want to be, maybe, but like, it's not as if they don't watch the media, mm. right? I think they watch the media for other things. So, it's entertaining, yeah. Yes. You know, you a people, but now you Sorry. That is <laughs> a classic <laughs> line.
0: Actually, that I'm going to use someday in the future. why do you watch the media? Who is here to be informed?
2: So, but I, I am mean, being facetious, but like the point is that yes, they get informed and there is not a contradiction. I, I frankly speaking, if the media only talks about education, I don't know what for Sharaf thinks. He works more on this. I don't think everyone will watch it. Yeah. But that neither that does, that, does that mean that no one is interested in education. Mm people talk at a different level about personal things and people talk at a different uh, thing a uh, level with the media and they understand that the national discourse in a good way. Mm. It is necessary for the country. There is a, that is one narrative. This is another narrative. There isn't a contradiction. But don't forget this yeah. because well, this one is going to impact that. Yeah. Well,
1: but I think also and I think fussy is probably best qualified to talk about this in a lot more detail. But I've never been more convinced, i.e. I've always been very, very certain that one of the most afflicted uh, cognitive bias afflicted industries in the world is the Pakistani media mm. because you have a lot of anchoring or just right from the get-go. Basically what everyone's talked about like yesterday or 10 years ago or before is what you're going to talk about today, right? Yeah. Like there's no, there's no real depth to You know, exploring why you wouldn't just, for example, and this is a beautiful one, you'll like this. Why you wouldn't just ignore the 29th April rally in Lahore today? Yeah. Right. Like, why? Why why does it need eight hours of coverage? Yeah. And I don't say this as an anti-PDI thing. For example, why would anyone cover anything that Maryam Nawaz Sharif has ever said? Yeah. Right. I mean, what has she done in her life that? I mean, at least Imran Khan's, you know, won a World Cup, built a hospital. Uh, Nawaz Sharif's been Prime Minister three times. What is... Ma- and and I like Mariam, right? Mm. But I really... What has she done that merits wall-to-wall coverage wherever she's speaking? Mm. I mean, obviously, there's good answers to that. And, and I mean, it's fine. That coverage is fine. But what I'm asking is... What I know for a fact is that newsrooms and editorial desks are not asking questions about... Well, why don't we actually go, forget Manzoor Pashteen, forget Mariam Sharif, forget the ISPR. Let's just go to a, like a park and just talk to regular folks. Yeah.
2: But, you like, why, I,
0: why wouldn't you do that? Attempt a small answer on this. And I don't think it's a uh, decisive answer or anything, but I, I think you're absolutely right. And I also like your explanation because, you uh, know, murgyon ki ladai hai. So in Pakistan, Wait, you
1: just gendered, you, Pakhtuns, you can't get your gender right because yeah. he said murhoki and you said murghiyonki. Now, unless you're thinking, you're thinking sort of, you know, female politicians versus male politicians, and I, I, mean, and I don't,
2: don't to want you, to... <laughs> he gave me a line, he, this was a standard joke, so I hope okay. I can, amongst friends. Yes. He used to say, a a minister. Uh. At a case for a minister.
0: Lovely. No, but very quickly. You know, there's some contradictions, right? Our, the cable we get at home is the analog cable. You can get maybe 85 channels on it. Every year, we've already got something like 97 channels. Every year, there are more channels adding. So that means one is that your ability to distribute is constrained already. That means there should be a disincentive for people to join, right? Because that just means that your effort in actually being heard will be substantially more expensive. Then we've discovered is that most uh, TV channels are actually not profitable. And you've still, again, that goes in the face of economics, why are people entering the market? So there are other incentives at play. And when you look at it, The media in Pakistan is what we call business insurance. You open up this whole thing in case somebody, the government comes after you or whatever and as a result when you look at let's say the Gini coefficient which is the relative inequality of what people are earning, anchors are earning outsized sums, everybody else is making a living wage and what that does as a result is that their investment is zero. So then you have to go for the cheapest form of programming that is entertaining, and that is four talking heads or abtili Okay, so there's
2: sort of a. So, reason so how the the Pakistan
1: business model. <laughs> <early. laughs> yeah, I think as the yeah. interested outside observer,
2: it's not happening huh. like or every. Uh, no, I think we've got some great journalism.
1: I, I, but I, I mean, also, I just, also yeah. the electronic media. I, I mean, you said living wage, but yeah. if you compare what the same people were making as sub editors yeah. and what they're making now as executive there's assistants. Also, there's or producers. also one more structural problem. There's
0: also a structural problem. And that structural problem is is that
1: in 2003, your education... I love how we the, the guests tried to say something and we just shut him right oh, down. Oh, really apologize. He, he, wanted <laughs> to, he wanted to say something positive and we were like, don't you dare so say don't, something don't positive. Don't you destroy our narrative. <laughs> but my, I,
0: I, just, just when we could, uh, it's 2003... <laughs> I'm sorry, I usually don't do this. but <laughs> usually <2003. laughs> do 2003, we could only produce several hundred gen- journalists a year from the education market. By 2005, you suddenly be needed by a factor of 30 the n- amount of journalists because we grew to 75 channels really quickly. So the Research Report my factor of
1: 30 ka jo
0: hai. randomly bola. It will probably be discredited. No, but, but it
1: is true. But I'm just
2: saying
0: is like from let's say one state-owned channel on TV to 85. So you can let's say we can claim maybe a factor of 85
2: <laughs> but but yeah when I, when, when I was at, at Lums, they used to talk about we should have a school of journalism and I used to say yeah, we already run a de facto school of journalism huh. right?" because a lot of your generation went there because there were opportunities and there was this ability to have voice I started as a pseudo-journalist and there was a newspaper called Muslim and I've been a very avid consumer I think that the best journalism I've ever seen in Pakistan. Mm. best journalism I've ever seen in Pakistan is happening today.
0: Mm.
2: Interestingly, the worst journalism I've ever seen in it's Pakistan happening today. is also happening today. And yeah. that is fine. we shouldn't expect journalism of this time, especially news channels, to be researchers. Mm. That's my job. Right? Mm. They are serving a mass market and they should. So every economy needs a Kim Kardashian so what I'm I'm not saying this facetiously what yeah. I'm saying is that if people will be bored they don't mm. want to hear about I want to hear ordinary people ordinary mm. people don't want to hear ordinary people mm. they want to hear stars yeah right and that's why having st- anchors who are stars mm. uh, sometimes bigger stars than, than you know film stars is not a bad thing and there is a milieu now in that milieu I do not put on the media the responsibility uh, which is of scholars to figure out all of these complex things. Mm. What I do hope that there is some space for that reasoned argument. And I do think there is. There are some uh. and there are others who try to get that in. Let's say very quickly, two things. One is that um, nice no, i do
1: sorry very quickly bol ke basically you've completely madlab, har dafa i just wanted to make one point yeah we started with sort of uh a a parallel and juxtaposition of myself and Kanye yeah and Adil was looking at you when yeah. he mentioned Kim Kardashian <laughs> I gave him a pass on that one <laughs> I know you did but, but I, I I welcome and embrace that I mean we are brothers yeah. and uh, but also soulmates so 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 from now on you're Kim to I'm my Kim. Kanye so
0: what I wanted to say <laughs> so what I wanted to say was one is that the point that you make, you know, I do think that the Pakistani anchor model is also fundamentally unfair is because the guy needs to know airline policy when it's relevant. He needs to know taxation. But it's too much pressure on one person without the... crash I found TV on that day fascinating. I think I've told you that story. Islamabad is where the channel headquarters are at a distance of just Six, seven kilometers, you've got an aeronautical school, you've got a top top number of uh, engineering schools. Raad you know, one of the guys was going, ka patani ye black box, black night right? No, no, I'm just saying is that there's also a problem then of the education market, right? Where that linkages of the work that they're doing, they're also not reaching out and also the media is not
2: asking for it. But, you know, it's but I feel for them. I feel for Musharraf. Huh. I watch on on one TV and I will station at the same time, magically. you know First I don't understand how he gets into that box and then he's on two channels at <laughs> the same time. But what I'm getting at is that this model seven nights a week, huh. from 8 to 11, yeah, yeah. some people are going to be there. I mean, i was picking on you, but Musharraf is all these ministers, when do they do the work? they don't right because if the basic work is defending this thing it is yeah. unfair on them so sometimes I, I i wish as a joke maybe right before election if the channels decided themselves that we will have no politicians on air how the anchors more interesting, would anchors love it how would more interest in the conversation
0: i know but you presume that <laughs> they'll bring in ordinary people <laughs> sure. the anchors will talk for 24/7 yeah.
1: no no and, oh. and and the thing that we notice is is that even in this space oftentimes the analyst position is often being filled by yeah, anchors yeah. in a different time slot. Yeah. Um, so I think interesting things have happened in, the, in this space, and we could talk at length about this. But I actually, you know, we've talked about the, the, the amazing work that Adil has done on the human development. I wanted to talk more about Adil, and he kind of started that himself. Uh, Adil is not lacking in confidence, so so <laughs> yeah. so so we got autobiographical already, but let's make it more biographical because you mentioned your your time. I was kidding about the confidence part. Sure, Adil sure, is sure, actually sure, sure. genuinely one of the most humble people I know, um, which which enables him to engage with with idiots like me. Um, uh, you know, uh, we met. Uh, We met at this Millennium Conference, I think, or or whatever it was, and then we worked together on on the Steering Committee on Higher Education, but in a sense, what was happening at the Steering Committee had happened to you uh, a generation earlier, essentially, Uh, because your time at the Muslim was a fascinating time. Just talk us through how you ended up working at the Muslim, um, what it was that got... The attention of the editor at that time Who the editor was Who some of the other editors were That you worked with Because I think it's a really interesting And I, I don't think a lot of people know How small Islamabad used to be at least um, And
0: I just want to add The Muslim was a great paper
1: it, it really was I used to love reading yeah, it Yeah, yeah,
2: yeah Yeah, I've had a blessed life I've had a blessed life And and, and I think many of us have But I've really had a blessed life And and uh, since I never knew I was but up so I kept experimenting with, with, with different things. Now, essentially, any, every, the only thing I've done is to teach. I was, you know, the way I joke is I was four years old. My parents left me in school and no one came to pick me up. So I've been in one school after the other, in one, one role after the other. I just, uh. But while doing that, and this is the great thing about being in Pakistan or any developing countries, there's so much to be done mm. that if anyone half wants to do it, you can hold it. So when Muslim came about, I was interested in cricket and I'm so bad, Ke, not only do I not play well, but no one will let me be on, a, on, a, on, the, on, on the ground. So I became quite good at scoring and, and sort of keeping, keeping doing the numbers. So at that time, you may not remember, but newspapers did not have any statistics. Hmm. So I, with pen and paper, wrote this thing up on the Pakistan test cricket series was happening. and. There was the Muslim, and I bicycled, saw up bicycle, my path from F62 to up para, and and said that the sports were a corner. There was this gentleman called Mary Max, who was the next text
1: critic.
2: So, I was in ninth grade. right? He looks me up and down and said, What is
1: this? I
2: think not. So, I checked it. And the next day, he published this sort of thing. And I became the statistics guy. That's
1: amazing. Like, Grade 80, 9, huh? class nine, Grade so 9, so like what, thir- <laughs> uh, 14. Amazing. Getting
2: your name in the newspaper was, and that got me into the habit. So, Vial used to be the cartoonist, Yusuf Lodi, one of the most interesting interesting people. A.T. Chaudhry was the editor. And uh, Ahmed Hassan, who used to be at Star, used to run this thing called Islamabad Day. Yeah. yeah. One of the best editors I had, one time I remember I got an aadhe ghante ki daunt Tough guy to work with Aadhe ghante ki daunt from Ahmed Hassan Because I had used the word shall And he said SHELL Or BADSHHAH ISTAMAL KAFEH Or CONSTITUTION KAFEH Hmm. So, who the hell are you to say, we shall?
1: <laughs> I can totally see a young Adil Najab walking in, it's all sprightly and proud, and say, I shall do this. <laughs>
2: but I had these great, great people. You know, I, a lot of people, Nusrat Javed used to be there, Anwar Iqbal used to be there, and I was yeah. a young guy. And then I remember Mishael Hussain coming back from abroad and sitting on a side, writing his things and when he became editor he had seen me so the biggest achievement of my life will come to politics in a minute was in grade 11th i got to cover a test match now how cool is that you That's are amazing. grade 11th and mushaid usain says uh-huh. go to faisalabad dennis Lilly is going to go uh-huh. and you're going to travel with the team and send us stories on telex i was kink right yeah. i was kink.
1: so So grade 11, (laughs) (laughs) cricket correspondent for one of the, deep, at the time in English, I mean there was a Don and there was a Muslim, that's it, right? I mean there were other papers, but in terms of stature and everything, it was not a small paper. (laughs) Amazing. So
2: it was things like that, I covered covered my first World Cup when I was in, 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 in college, and so those were the opportunities, and then when Malia... She became editor of the magazine and I was sort of her assistant. All of this I was in school and doing this on the side, but it was great training.
1: And, and you and maintained your, I guess, GPA or whatever, your grades well enough that you ended up doing what after, after your, like? I did my engineering. You okay, I you went to, went to UAT. I went to UAT. I did my engineering. So, that's why uh, you merit me to do that. That's not going to be in a trip.
2: No, I think it's not going to It was good, you know, I mean, uh, the good thing was that if you have a little bit of math, you write enough explanation. If you think about it, you don't want anything. No, I did. Which
0: faculty did you
2: join? Civil engineering. Civil engineering. Civil engineering okay. uh, honest answer is that I think I wanted to be an architect and I didn't fully grasp the difference between a civil ar- right. engineer and an yeah. architect.
1: Well, I don't, I don't think most of Pakistan <laughs> has because, I mean, a lot of civil engineers end up designing buildings and stuff. I, I. I mean, just, I have to say,
0: I just think, uh, one, this reminds me of Cameron Crowe. I don't know if you've seen Almost Famous. You, oh, you haven't seen that Almost. You know, must. Oh, see you're it. gonna that's relate you. to it. So
1: uh, yeah, 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 you're gonna love that. that like is I think you. you're gonna cry. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's right? absolutely. So uh, I never, I, I never thought of that yeah, angle. Yeah. That's amazing. Yeah, that's. I, right. I think
0: I'm, I'm just floored by this story at that age. I, uh, I already knew the
1: story, so I, I'm, oh, yeah, yeah. I'm yeah. floored, right?
0: Yeah. I just thought also like how bad. My personal story: I came on TV when I was seven years old. They had opened a new Pakistani restaurant. And the guy asked me to eat the Rizgullah. <laughs> and
1: <so laughs> and you've been pr- corrupting young minds ever, <laughs> ever since. Ever since,
0: I was like, why? <laughs> <laughs> you was, have I, to watch I, Almost I, Famous. I you were I, that. It
2: is, it's lots of, so Pakistan, my safe games are I'll give you another story which is really fun. So then 89. I moved to huh, Then I moved to television because sort of again they, there was likes Up and I was in one of his shows and I think I said something about something yeah. and they gave me this show which was, the premise was, there was this young guy who was the host and these sort of very senior people, Medhi Asand, yeah. uh, Frida Khanum, yeah. uh, used to be the guests and you right. used to interview them and this was kind That's of... That's phenomenal. Like, but the interesting thing was SAF Games. Is this yeah. before or after
1: UET? This is during UET. Okay.
2: Ooh. Right at the end. So this is much later. Right. right. Yeah. But in between there were SAF Games, uh, South Asian Games, and yeah. they came to Islamabad. So, Zia Mayudin was going to do the commentary. Right. And they said that you will be the other commentary. Yeah. So I sat there, and when Zia Mayudin is doing the commentary, many guys can. So the whole thing, the opening ceremony, and I kept quiet, and they figured out this guy didn't get to save one. Uh. Right? Which, which was much better. But I came out and they said that they have to do live. Transmission. So this is the longest live transmission in PTV's history.
1: Right. And
2: they had not figured out who the host will be. So they said, "Okay, why don't you come for the next hour while we figure this out?" Yeah. And you'll be in the camera, and you just have to say now go to WAF or squash, and now go to this, and medals are put there. Yeah. Well, that one hour turned into a solo live thing for two weeks. Wow. From 8 a.m. To 9 so, you were the Khabad- face of Safdi? I was the only face. People were tired of me. <laughs> yeah. And I had to tell the medal list yeah. every time. And I would mumble and make the tamga into the yeah. Right?
1: That became a bit of a joke because yeah. I didn't.
2: But, but there I was. I know the rules of Kabaddi better than anyone else okay. in the world uh, because of that. Yeah. But the point is not that. The point is not, yeah. the point yeah. is not biogra- biography. The point is that in a country like Pakistan, Actually, the opportunity is
1: everywhere. Yeah. Can I tell and you? I, why I can I tell you why I'm doing yeah. the biography? That like I'm, I very much want it to be biographical. I want it to be biographical because of something you said, actually during the briefing, which is that I don't think we construct, we just don't construct role models in this country anymore. Yeah. And I think every every everyone listening, and I mean obviously I know it's English language and our audience is you know I mean the profile is maybe a little bit different. Maybe a lot of people in our audience already have role models. But, I, like, I think we need to make more of them. Like, people should know that all these happenstances happen to this one guy. And that guy then... I mean, tell, tell us more about the story, because it gets more... No, it gets really fascinating. Like, by the time you get to, like, Cambridge, I mean, it's like, whoa, what just Maybe happened? I, so I, keep going.
2: I, I did this. Thank you. Thank you. And I, I want to say something about role models. I, I did this, and then... Uh I worked on the Pakistan National Environmental Policy, and that was one of the best things that happened to me in life. That's what right. got me into policy. And I learned two things, many things there. One of the things I learned was I remember uh, I got many opportunities, and they were very kind to me. But many times I would say things, and no one would take me seriously. And then we would have a foreign consultant come and say the same thing, and
0: say,
2: oh, <laughs> right? Huh. I need an ABCD after my name. Right. right. I never thought I would go to study abroad, but I thought now and um, I, 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 I applied. I had a great mentor, great mentor, and I went to him and I said, "Kiri, I'm going to apply. So, can you write me a recommendation letter?" He said, "Zuru zuru, give me the forms." I got him the forms. He came back to my office, his office was next. He said, "I'm going to write for you, but give. I think I gave him five. He gave four back to me. I'm not going to write to this. So this one is fine. Go and find better places." Yeah. So there was a person who job care space an AQ, who had more confidence in me than I did. Yeah. And I would never have applied to MIT had it not been for him. Right. And he just said, I'm not going to write for you. For, for these. I think you should apply to better places. I did somehow I got into MIT. I went and started you know, three graduate degrees there and then also was at Harvard and so on and so forth. But the role model bit is I think I hope I've been role model to some people mostly because they would see me and say, <laughs> if, 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 if take him, <laughs> why, why not me? Yeah. There right? is this this uh, um, Big musical, just may you know, if they can be good, yeah. why can't I? But the point about role models is not me. I mean, I've just had a blessed life. I was at the right place at no, the right time. No, but you've,
1: you've used the, those blessings, I think, remarkably well, and 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 you are really humble. So I'm going to go ahead and maybe at the risk of embarrassing some other people and embarrassing you, certainly, uh, M- Doctor Moid Yusuf wouldn't be, and he's. I mean, I've me and Fussy have talked about him. Yeah, yeah. Uh, for those who don't know who he is, he's a scholar. Uh, he He's kind of written a book on Pakistan's nuclear... He's, he's potentially the Thomas Schelling of Pakistan. And I don't say that lightly. Thomas Schelling is a big name. If you don't know who it is, I'd encourage... Yeah,
2: Actually, my teacher.
1: There you go. Tom Schelling, yeah. yeah. And so, so, I'd encourage you to look up who Tom Schelling was. But no, Mohit no, Yusuf no, is, no. I think, a very big name in Pakistan without being a big name, you know. Yeah. he's And, and Mohit wouldn't be... I don't think he'd be Muid Yusuf without Professor Adil Najam. Uh, Bilal Zuberi, uh who very few people would know because he's a Silicon Valley-based uh, you know, venture capitalist in the tech space. Bilal also, I think, would count uh, Adil Najam as uh, one of his mentors. Um, not that i 'm in the same category as Moeed or Bilal, but certainly I would uh, and I know and I know dozens of people that went to school at Boston University at uh, Babson at Tufts at Harvard at MIT dozens uh, would would count Adil as somebody who if nothing else offered a warm meal at a time when maybe maybe they they really needed uh, you know a conversation you are too kind i, you I know, need to cut
2: this off I, no, no you are too kind because i mean you're embarrassing me but but you are too kind uh, but but i do think the role model in all of us all of us you, you 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 everyone else i think the country does need role models and the role model doesn't need to be someone you pagambar right in some ways we turned Jinnah into yes, yes. we turned Iqbal into a Lama, which they are, which they are. Yeah. Like, but in that process, the, the humans that they were, right? we forget to tell the story of how much Jinnah had to struggle as a high schooler. He and his father were at each other because he would skip school yeah. to play Bante of all things. There's no picture of Jinnah that you can imagine. Yeah. But when I hear that story from his sister, Fatma Jinnah, my respect goes up. So we need role models who not only because they were so great, but who are like us have feet of clay,
1: and who overcame their flaws to be that great.
0: Yeah. I, I just so I've I i am really glad you said this. This has been one of my pet peeves. I sometimes think that Pakistan me, wo banda role models ban sakta. wo fought na hota ya murderer. na hota, right? I I just think. That um, the recognition, I sometimes find that you know, you don't have to love Sharmino bad, right? There's tons of stuff you might not like, but we can recognize
1: an achievement, and we can say there's something to look up to, and then, and in her case too, yeah, two friggin' Oscars, right? And and still people are like, you know, she no, made this film so, like this, so and she did that, it's, and it's, she did.
0: In a it's, way, it's it's sort of the Mother Teresa complex which is until they show an abdication of humanity or an embrace of total asceticism, nobody's good enough for us. And I think that is problematic partly because I think some really good people have been brought down Unnecessarily.
2: Really all these people, people I invoke, in yeah. they say that their achievements are so
1: great. No, they do
2: But you know, your, your role models can be the guy you don't agree with. Exactly. But he is or she is in your school and does something great and, and actually it happens. Does something good and you say, if she can do it, I can do it. Right? I, Those role models to me are as important as these sort of super achievers.
1: But part of the role model thing, doesn't it actually start in developing the capacity to say nice things about people that you may not even like? I think fundamentally for me, like there are people, I mean I'm not going to actually expose who they are, but there are people that I regularly praise uh, in the public domain that I personally don't like, like, I, and I and I've cultivated this, so and I have perfect. to say that I have had friends who've helped me cultivate that, yeah. and they've said, "You know what, Musharraf, you have this platform and this privilege of saying stuff that gets heard, and so you should be actually setting an example where, regardless of how you feel about an individual." If you can find something nice to say about that one thing that they do or have yeah. done, that would be a great I, thing. i just add one thing to this. I agree with this absolutely.
0: I mean, there's one journalist, absolute right-wing nut. I don't like anything he says, but I actually admire him in a strange way. I won't take his name here, but the reason I do is because I know that guy, he believes in it. He hasn't taken any advantage of it from where he could potentially. And third is he's suffered for it. So even though I disagree, but there is a random integrity in something like which you can't say about everybody. And sometimes I do feel exactly what you say is that there are people we may not like, but they do some great stuff, even if they're doing it in the pursuit of their ego. If it has resulted in the common good, it is to the benefit of the country to say good. I
2: I do want to highlight this, um, both for our report and otherwise. what makes you feel good is there are loads and loads, tons and tons of great Pakistanis on board. Yeah. But let us not put them to a test that is unfair. Yes. Right? Let us find the good that different people do and you, you won't agree with something and good people will do some bad things too. Yeah. But the summation, we cannot test ourselves to a standard that is Yes. Uh,
0: uh, high. Yeah. No, no, I, I absolutely agree. I… Uh, and, uh, you know, I just think that,
2: um, where are you, are you in Boston University again? So I'm now back at Boston University. I have the great privilege and honor that when I went back, we they were starting a new School of International Affairs. Right. And for some reason they asked a Pakistani and a Muslim to take on the deanship of the U.S.'s first newest School of International Affairs at a time when the Brilliant. U.S. is well the U.S. Is. So it's uh, it's an adventure every day. Okay, brilliant. (laughs) It Trump's America.
1: It drums America. Do you ever? uh, uh, And I'm sorry to do this, but you know, I get to do like you know. I mean, they talk about Imran Khan being ladla, but in many ways, with with a lot of people, I feel I feel like I'm their ladla. I can get away with stuff. You are ladla. I I am. I really am. Um, So I'm gonna I'm gonna take advantage of that and say like, you know, we have an election coming up. And, and you know what I'm about to say, so forgive me in advance, but, you know, I uh, there's an HEC chairmanship that is vacant currently, uh, there's going to be new positions, uh, you know, I've always thought that you representing Pakistan at the UN, for example, maybe, maybe, maybe. you at, uh, uh, you know, uh, I mean, there's, there's like a hundred different things you could be doing, but... W- would it take no, much no, more no. than a…
0: Oh, no, 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 I the technocratic setup. <laughs> <laughs>
1: you know, I think that's a topic. I mean, I've just… I've just i have just
2: On that happy note. On that
1: happy note! We could continue this for a while. Yeah. What I would ask everyone who's listening is, um, uh, we're going to put… Uh, we're going to post this uh, this episode. Uh, today, yeah. so that people have something to do other than watching the Lahore Jamsa. Yeah, But can yeah. I say before uh,
2: someone says takes my silence? Uh, I, 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 I don't have to live in Pakistan to be in Pakistan, uh, and I've always felt that. You know, if I came back. I'm sure I'll come back. Like, um, I think everyone should do what they're good at. And one of the things that I figured out are many things that I'm not good at.
1: But you know like, what you are great at is helping shape Pakistani for young people.
2: And that, I, and I do that because I enjoy it. Yeah, right? i mean and and i i remember i this what you refer to this this blog which i it was interested, when i moved back to pakistan i realized more people knew me because of that blog and than and then all the of academic all the, PhDs word, and and thought, all the papers you <laughs> wrote <laughs> and, <laughs> and, <laughs> and <laughs> yeah. all the
1: yeah. so that's funny because i think i, I don't know about fussy but you yeah. know the amount of times i'm you know people say hello because of television or twitter and you know it really really grates at me right because I'm like you know I just did a calculation I've probably written half a million words in the public domain like in the last decade and I really want people yeah because that's where I'm supposedly thoughtful and I put a lot of effort and it's like no, bro, I didn't know you wrote. Like, <laughs> but, but, but I like your Twitter feed. <laughs>
2: but the thing, the thing about the blog, the thing about this report, the thing about it is, is you really do it for themselves. I mean, I, I really mean that. I mean, yeah. I enjoyed writing that blog.
1: No, I, yeah. I could tell that you yeah. did. And I think we should also not be remiss in mentioning Faisal Bhatti, yes. uh, who yes. who is uh, who, who is the source of the whole transportation for girls yes. thing. I mean, yeah. he's kind of the researcher and that's helped cool frame that. And who's my co lead
2: author on the youth report yeah. Yeah. and yeah. a great inspiration. Actually, not just him. But the thing is, you know, they chose this old man to talk about it. Like in, we had a remarkably young team, nearly 20 people in various ways. And the report is actually written by them. Yeah. I'm, I'm partly I'm t- taking <laughs> this liability thing. It is actually written. by. Them. Right. So we talked as a team, we worked as a team, but it was a young team and they, le- they taught us
1: much yeah well we we this is i think already the longest episode we've ever done yeah. we could easily go for twice as long Absolutely. and at least yeah. we wouldn't be bored yeah we hope the listeners haven't been at all bored strongly strongly recommend and encourage everyone on the 2nd of may the baksan human development report on Third? youth sec- second 2nd of may mm. uh the baksan human development report will be published. It will be available on the net. Uh, if you can uh, log in, I'm sure there'll be some sort of Facebook Live or some sort of live coverage. Uh, the, the report will be, the PDF form will be available. Do read through it. I think it's a great time for us to be reading reports like this with the election coming up. I'm so grateful that you made the time for us. Dr. Adil Najam, thank you as always. Uh, goodbye from me. Goodbye for office, from me. And it was an and absolute interview. pleasure. And I do think... Dr. Nazgum is one of the heroes of Pakistan, and it's been a privilege listening to him today. Khadhafiz everyone!